serpent was subtle, more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of the, every tree of the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. The serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die, for God does know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also to her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Can I just summarize it this way? They knew they were naked, and they tried to cover themselves. Jumping to verse 21. Unto Adam also, this is after a long dissertation between God and, and Adam and Eve and the serpent, the Bible says, unto Adam also to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. Verse 7, we find that they saw they were naked and they covered themselves. But in verse 21, we find that God covered them himself. Amen. We're going to continue talking about the covering of the inner man this morning. Lord willing, we'll finish this portion of the lesson but to ask, I want us to ask the Lord to speak to our hearts today, if we can. Let's call on the name of the Lord this morning together. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your grace and your mercy this morning. I thank you for every person that is here in this house today. God, I'm asking this morning that you would bind our hearts and our minds together. I pray today that you would anoint these lips of clay of mine. Lord, anoint this mind of mine that I could only portray what you won't said today. I pray this morning that you would open the windows of heaven and let your glory rest upon us. God, let your conviction power rest upon us, but also let revelation come. Lord, let us be changed. In Jesus' name we pray. We thank you for it. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. You can be seated today. Last week, just to lay a quick foundation of where we were last week and to where we are today, We find that in the scriptures that we read, and we broke out some other scriptures that we're not going to spend time to go back into, we did have that recorded, it's online, um, you can even go to last week's live stream, it should be there as well, um, but sin always affects us immediately, whether you feel it or not, it will affect you, amen. Amen. Uh, it's going to affect you, I, I showed last week, in four different manners. There's going to be an awareness that sin is now present. There is, going to become, there is going to come a shame into your mind that you fell prey to the sin. The next thing that I talked about is there is an exposure of your inner man. You feel 
exposed. You feel, can I say it this way, you feel naked on the inside. And the fourth thing we talked about, these three first things, awareness and shame of what we've done and, and the exposure that we had it happened on the inside, brings forth fear and makes you want to cover things up, makes you want to hide. These are just natural things that happen when it comes to uh, sin in our lives. I, I was thinking last night even, you know, we hear of, of high-speed chases a lot, right? I, I've been, I've fallen prey to, to watching a few of them unfold. And, and always at the end, the car either gets mangled somewhere, it rolls over, not always does the person get hurt, but damage is done around them. And when they're finally caught and the police ask them, what made you decide you were going to run? Brother Jason, most of the time it's the stupidest stuff. One of them, in fact, Brother Mendez, that I, I remember, he said, because my insurance was expired, I didn't want a ticket. Well, now you're going to jail. So what does that have to do with what you're talking about? My point is, there's sometimes we make some stupid decisions. And just to hide the things that we know we've done wrong or we've let lapse or we've let go, we do some of the craziest things to hide those items in our life. We start lying to our family. We start... We start doing all kinds of weird things. And, and our family begins to wonder and they begin to worry about us. And I'm not, gonna, I'm not trying to go down a rabbit hole this morning, but I want you to understand that's what sin does. Sin, sin, sin is fun for a moment, the Bible says, for just a moment. But there are the reaping of those sins. There are the times that when you do those things and some days some days, uh, uh, look, I'm human just like everybody else, so I, I would say there are times that I have messed up, right, in my lifetime. And, and, and uh, I, I wonder, God, when are you judging me for this? When is the repercussion for what I've done coming in my life? And how many of you have ever done something you know you, did, you, you wasn't supposed to and and and? You're, you got these thoughts in your mind, man, God's going to deal with me and, and something's going to happen in my life and then nothing shows up. And then the enemy sneaks in. This isn't part of my notes, so just ride with me for a minute. But the enemy sneaks in and he says, you know what, Desi? See, it wasn't as bad as it, what you thought it was originally. Won't try it again. That's what happened to the Israelites. If you read through the Old Testament, you're going to find this happening over and over and over again. You say, well, what, I, I, I want you to follow with me for just a second, and I'll jump back on my notes. But I want you to consider with me, the Israelites, their commandment was, for six years, you are supposed to spend time, you're supposed to plant your crop, you're supposed to till up the land, and you're supposed to 
reap the crop for six years. On the seventh year, what's supposed to happen? Anybody know? Don't touch the land. Whatever comes out of it, comes out of it. Don't want you reaping it. I don't want you tilling it. I don't want you planting. Just leave it alone. That was the law. And I, I always wondered, how did it come to be that there, it's very clear in the scripture that there was a time that they didn't ever give the land rest, like God said. And I always wondered, so I'm just a simple fella, okay? Simple, now I'm a country fella. I'm not a city boy anymore. I got chickens and, and a donkey and all that stuff, so that makes me a country boy now, right? <clears throat> it's all right to laugh. We had to have a good time in church. I got boots. I, I had boots before I moved out of the city, so that's exactly right. Yeah, I've tried those. I don't like them. I, they're, they're too big and uncomfortable. <clears throat> Maybe after I lose some weight, that'll be better, right? But I always wondered, in my simple mind, Jared, where did this start? Now, to us, does it matter whether or not we leave the land alone the seventh year? Not according to the scripture. That those those laws were, those laws were. Uh, land the the law of the land for them, in the Bible. Now, if you want to try that practice, how did they get there? God gave them God God gave them manna six days a week. What did he do on the sixth day of the week? He said, gather enough for two days. I don't know if they had to prepare for it or if God, God just let what they had be enough for the next year. Don't know. The Bible's not super clear on it. But I do know this much. They always had enough when they obeyed the law. Do you understand what a sin is? You understand sin by definition in the scripture. Sorry. Transgression of the law. The wages of sin is death. We're going to get to that in a few minutes. But the Bible simply says, to him that knows to do good and doesn't do it, that's sin. Does that make sin in a different light in some of your minds today? You know what you're supposed to do. I got to be careful on this, but I just want you to understand these people knew what was right. They understood. They were taught these things over and over and over. Now, there were some generations that didn't understand the law. In fact, if you go back to King Josiah, the eight-year-old king, they didn't understand some of the things. They had to go back to the word of the Lord and, and pull out the scrolls, and they had to begin to read through the scrolls. And guess what? Josiah said, oh, my goodness, I didn't know we were supposed to do that. I didn't know we were supposed to be doing this. 
all that happens, right? Now they know. Now they've got to apply it to their life. And so Josiah began to build and he began to uh, uh, reconstruct the, the, the temple and put people in place like they're supposed to be and, and all of those wonderful things. But when it came to the law of the land, I always wondered, man, I wonder if it was just one of the old farmers woke up. I know it's not January 1st for them, but just ride with me. For us, we understand January 1st is the new year, right? So they woke up the first day of the new year. It's the seventh year. It's supposed to be the year of Sabbath. And they say, you know what? I didn't save as much as I should have to make it through the year. I'm going to go ahead and plant this year. I'm going to do what I normally do. And no doubt in the back of his mind, he's thinking, man, I wonder, I wonder how this judgment's going to come down. Or... or are the leadership of Israel, is the leadership of Israel going to come and, and, and get me in trouble? Is God going to show up? Is he going to send an angel to deal with me? And lo and behold, nothing happened to that farmer. Maybe, I've seen this happen to people, maybe that was the biggest crop he'd ever had in his life. That year. And he said, well, I know that's what the law says, but my goodness. This is the best crop I've ever had. Maybe God's saying I don't have to follow the law anymore. And he tells his, his farmer buddies, this is what I did. And the next year rolls around. Next seven years go by. They say, you know what, I remember seven years ago, eight years ago, Farmer Brown down the road, he didn't, he didn't make his crop have a Sabbath, his, his land have a Sabbath, so I'm going to do it this year. My goodness, and, and they had a bumper crop that year, and, and they were doing great. And they did this, the Bible says, for 70 years. 70 years. You know why I know that? is because after a long period of time, God said, all right, now it's time to pay up. You know what happened to them? The enemy came in and took all of the people captive. Took them in to Babylon. And the Bible said that they were kept captive for the exact amount of years that it would take to allow the land to have its Sabbaths. Maybe this is a new concept to some of y'all this morning. Say, what are you talking about, preacher? Well, I just want you to understand, just because judgment doesn't come right away, and it may not even come in this lifetime, my friend, but there is an eternal judgment that will come. This church still teaches that there is a real place called heaven. And it's a beautiful place. It's a place I want to spend all of eternity in. But there's another eternal place. And it's called hell. 
And it's just as real today as it was in the day of Adam. I know preachers used to preach about hell a lot back in the day. You don't hear it so much anymore. I didn't come to preach about hell this morning. But I want you to understand it's a real place. And it's a place that we're going to end up if we don't live a, a life that is covered by the blood of Jesus. Last week we ended up talking about the blood of Jesus and how it's covering us. We talked about how the sacrifice last week was, was that, that covering for the sin and, and how that even the, the blood that was shed throughout the time, uh, the era of the law. Um, you guys are familiar with the word era now, right? Um, it's kind of been made popular of late. Um, there's a popular singer that has going around the world on a tour called the Eras Tour. And uh, what does that mean? She's, she's going, this tour is about her life and the different time thing, the things that happen in different times of her life. You realize that the church, the worlds had eras of time. In all of these eras of time, there was a time of the law, where the law reigned. The Bible tells me that the law couldn't save us. Through the law, we were introduced to death. Through the law, we were introduced to, to do's and don'ts and rights and wrongs and all of these things, and, and rightfully so. You still need the law in your life. I'd hate to live in this world without no law. Now, some people pervert the law. Some people do things with the law that they shouldn't do, and they, 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 uh, they take it to their own advantage. I get that. But, but the law in of itself is a good thing. Because without the law, Paul said we wouldn't know what was right and what was wrong. I know I'm, I'm, I'm condensing some of these things, but just ride with me. But during the time of the law, we understood there was to be, in order for us to uh, have forgiveness of sins or to have our sins rolled forward to the next year, we had to go through a thing called a blood sacrifice. And something had to pay the price for the sin that I had committed. And that thing had to die, it had to shed its blood, it had to be spread upon the altar, and, and there was a bunch of ceremony around all of it. Uh, thank God we don't have to do that anymore. But I want you to understand, there is still blood that is required to cover your sin. There is still death that had to be accomplished. Uh, not yours, uh, but our Savior's blood was shed for you and for me. Amen. We talked about how that even when we go into the story of uh, the exodus of uh, the children of Israel from, from Egypt, uh, you see there where God said, I want you to kill a lamb and I want you to take the blood and I want you to paint it on the doorpost uh, all the way up the sides on the lintel, which just means the, the header board across the top. I want you to paint it all with the blood that you just shed from the lamb that you're going to eat for dinner. And I want you to use that. And tonight, if the blood is upon the doorpost of your home, the one that is destroying will not be allowed to come in. The blood stops the destroyer 
from coming into your home. That's where we finished last week. But I want you to understand that because all of these things transpired in the Old Testament, they weren't just done for a good story. They were done to show us a type and shadow of things that were coming down the road. In fact, uh, let me just back up a minute, uh, and I want you to see what Peter said about the blood and, and how, what we need to do to make sure that the destroyer doesn't come in. He said we need to be sober and vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, is walking about seeking whom he may devour. And when he sees the blood upon your life, he knows there's, that's a no-go. I, I don't have the authority to step into that life and to, and to mess with that individual. Amen. He realizes he does not have the, the, the authority of God to be able to, to step in and change people's lives and, and to hurt people. Yes, temptation will come. I'm not saying it won't, but I want you to understand if you can stay sober and you can stay vigilant, you will be victorious if you will stay faithful to God. Praise the Lord. The New Testament tells us that these sacrifices were the foreshadowing of Christ's ultimate sacrifice. In fact, Jesus is described in John chapter 1 verse 29 as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John 1 29, the next day, John seeth Jesus coming to him and says, Behold, the Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world. And I will also say this his death on the cross, amen, which was marked by the shedding of his blood, is presented as the final, and can I say it this way, the all sufficient sacrifice for every single one of our lives. Hebrews 9 and 12 said, Neither by the blood of goats and of calves, but by his own blood, he entered in one time into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Not just for his friends and his comrades, but he looked, like I said last week, he looked into the past and he saw all the sin that had been rolled all the way ahead by the law and he took all of that sin upon him. He looked all at those people that were there with him in that present day and he said, here, I'm taking your sins upon me. And then he looked into the future all the way to 2024, if you let me use that, that analogy. And he comes and he looks and he says, Mateo, I am looking not only at the people that are here today and the people that have gone on before, but I'm looking all the way to 2024 to, to, to Mateo Lucas, and I'm going to I'm going to shed my blood for his sins today. Not just Mateo, but every one of us into the sound of my voice. Amen. He shed his blood for each and every one of you. Amen. He is not a respecter of persons. Amen. There is prejudice in people, but there is not in an almighty God that I serve. Hallelujah. Can I tell you this morning, I know that people come to churches and they say, man, 
I don't want to go to that church because uh, uh, they judge me when I when I walk in. And, and I pray to God that's not the case that you feel that way in this place this morning. Because here this morning I, you're, you're looking at a preacher. I don't care how rich you are, how poor you are. I don't care where you came from. You could have come from the deepest, darkest place in prison. Uh, hey man, you could have come from a king's palace somewhere. I don't care who you are. You need the blood of Jesus to cover your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We we may not agree on everything in life, but honey, let me tell you something. We've got to come to an agreement in the fact that the blood of Jesus needs to be applied to everybody's life in this day, in this hour. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. What does the blood of Jesus do for me? Well, let me, I'm glad you asked the question. I'm going to answer. I'm going to try to hurry through this this morning. Amen. The blood of Jesus, it cleanses me from my sin. Amen. From all of my sin. 1 John 1 and 7 says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from some sin. Select things. All of it. All of it. Does that mean if I committed murder, God's going to forgive me? (laughs) You better believe it. Does that mean if I've run off and I've abandoned everybody in my life, that God will forgive me for that? Yes, sir. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Does that mean that if I've stolen things in my past that God will forgive me? Absolutely God will forgive you. Can I say it again? He doesn't have a prejudice against anybody. The one thing he's looking for is what do you desire? Are you willing to leave it on the altar and say, God, I don't want to go back to that stuff. Here I am. I've come to repent of the things that I have done in my past and I leave it here for you help me to change this cleansing that I'm talking about is not just a physical or an external act but it penetrates to the innermost parts of our being it penetrates into our hearts it penetrates into our minds and it penetrates into our souls When Jesus' blood begins to cover your life, you're not going to think like you used to think. You're not going to love what you used to love. In fact, can I say this? You're not going to even want to go back to some places that you used to frequent all the time. Why? Because you have a love for God and his blood has washed you and cleansed you from uncleanness and unrighteousness. Hallelujah. But not only will it cleanse me, it will keep me from the sin that is so readily available. (laughs) There's another lesson that I've taught in the past, a war between two natures. It's very clear in in the passage of scripture that we use in that that lesson that, that the apostle Paul says, evil is present with me. It's here every day. 
wake up in the morning, it's there. Sin is available for everybody. That sounds horrible. Preacher, that's depressing. But it's true. But can I help you understand there's something else that's just as readily available as sin? And that's the mercy and the grace of Jesus Christ. The Bible tells me that his mercy is made new every single morning. So what does that mean? That means if I mess up today, I got another chance tomorrow. That doesn't mean I get to live in that sin. I can promise you this, the mercy of God and and the glory of God is not going to abide in a contaminated vessel. But he will dwell in a clean vessel. Well, hallelujah. The blood of Jesus can cleanse me from sin, but it can also shield me from sin. The consequences for sin is spiritual death and eternal separation from God. I want to establish some of these things very quickly, but I want to go to a lighter side in just a minute. Romans 6 and 23 says, For the wages of sin is death. And many people want to stop there and say, My goodness, God's bringing judgment. But I want you to understand, in the same breath, the apostle wrote to the Romans, he said, yes, the wages of sin is death, but I don't want you to just focus on that. I want you to understand there is a gift from God, and it is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. My God, hallelujah. Isaiah 59 and 2, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear sin. There are consequences from sin. There's no doubt there are consequences for sin. And let me tell you something, just because you get filled with the Holy Ghost and his blood is covering you doesn't mean some of those consequences won't be coming around in your life. I've had folks ask me, Pastor, what in the world? I repented of these things. I've asked God to forgive me. He refilled me with the Holy Ghost. But I'm still dealing with some of the repercussions of those things. Well, can I say something like, I've got to quit saying it, can I? I'm just going to do it anyway, so it doesn't matter. Uh, But I want you to understand, there is still this law that if you sow, you're going to reap. Saying, preacher, you're saying God can't take those things away and, and, and save us from those? Absolutely he can. Absolutely he can. But do you know what? The scripture also tells me the heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? And then it goes on to talk to us about how that God knows the heart. So does everybody believe God knows your heart? Okay, so if God knows your heart, when the scripture said who can know it, that's implying that we ourselves don't even know the evilness of our heart. Not one person in the world knows how evil our hearts can be. God knows it. So could you ride with me this minute for just a minute and think about this? 
if God knows my heart and I don't know the extent of my heart, for some I've seen God take away all of the repercussions of what they sowed. I've seen that happen. In fact, I've heard of a man that that had a, 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 a record as long as you can think. That God filled him with the Holy Ghost. He went and turned himself in to the police station. And they couldn't find any records in their systems. So God can do stuff like that. But that's an exception most of the time. I'm sorry. Because God knows sometimes we need. We need to reap what we sow. But the difference is now I have the help. Of the all-powerful one. I have the strength of the one that is in heaven above, that knows all things. That the scripture tells me in Matthew 28, 18, all power belongs to him. All power belongs to him. But I want you to know, even though there are consequences to sin, as I said a few minutes ago, he will shield you from those things. Just because you are experienced repercussions of things maybe you've done in your past. He can help you by shielding you from the full effect of these things. Christ's blood covers us in such a way that we are shielded from consequence. The ultimate consequence says you have to die. Spiritually, and you have to spend eternity in hell. But the exception is that if I'm born again, John chapter 3 and verse 3, verse 5, if I'm born again, if I'm born of the water and the spirit, then I can enter and I can see the kingdom of God. That's how we're shielded from the consequence of sin. If you want to know some fancy word for this thing that I'm talking about today. It's really simple. You guys ever heard the word justification? It's not really that difficult of a word, but in theological terms, scriptural terms, you're going to find these words justification, sanctification. These things are what we're talking about this morning. The blood of Jesus brings hope into our life. You don't think I know what I'm talking about? Well, let's see if Paul does. Romans chapter 5, verse 9, the Bible says, Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. 2 Corinthians 5 and 21 says, For he hath made him to be sin." For us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. He became sin for us. He took it all upon Himself. Romans 3, 24 and 25, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation or a replacement, can I say it that way, through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of the Almighty God. Hallelujah. Praise God. The blood of Jesus not only 
cleanses us and, and, and shields us, but it also restores our relationship with God. Ephesians 2 and 13 says, But now in Christ Jesus, who sometimes were far off, are made nigh or made close by the blood of Jesus Christ. He meant Colossians 1 and 20, And having made peace, through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And Hebrews chapter 10 verse 19 says, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us, through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. And having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed and with pure water. Amen. He wants to draw us closer to him. That's why I'm teaching and preaching what I'm teaching and preaching. Amen. Where there once was shame and hiding because of sin like Adam and Eve, now there is open fellowship with God as our sin is no longer the thing that separates us from him, but the blood of Jesus draws us closer to him. Amen. Hebrews 4.16, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Anybody ever need the help of God? Did you know that you should be able to approach him boldly and say, here I am, God? 1 John 4 and 18 said, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Amen. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Because fear hath torment, he, hath fe he that feareth is not made perfect in love. Romans 5, 1 and 2, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus, by whom also we have access by faith into his grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We don't have to be downtrodden this morning. We don't have to be, uh, we don't have to throw our hands and say, Lord, I give up. I can't be perfect enough to make it. No, neither can I. But through his blood and through his love and his mercy, I can make it all the way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm almost finished this morning. Somebody wants to come prepare at the music this morning. We need to be living in the light of the sacrifice of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our lives should reflect gratitude and reverence for the sacrifice of Christ. Romans chapter 12, very familiar passage of scripture. Verse 1, the apostle Paul says, I beseech you, I beg you, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto him, which is your reasonable service. The apostle Peter said this, in 1 Peter 2 and 9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. 
And the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Colossae, Colossians chapter 3 and verse 17, And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks, amen, unto God, uh, to God and the Father by Him. Amen. It is important that we understand that we have power through the sacrifice that Jesus gave upon the old rugged cross. We have access to eternal life through the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It's not just merely a historical event. Amen. But a present reality that impacts how we live and think and interact with God. And not just Him, but by but how we act with others. It's going to affect everything in your life. Does anybody believe that this morning? It's going to affect everything in your life. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sin, sat down on the right hand of God, from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he hath perfected forever. You understand? He perfected forever them that are sanctified. Those that have his blood covering them don't have to worry about anything for eternity. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. In Galatians, Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me, and he gave himself for me. Can somebody say he gave himself for me? Do you believe what you're saying today? Say it again. He gave himself for me. died for my sins he died for your sins and today we find that we are now living under the covering of Christ we're living a life that not only acknowledges his blood but can I say this he relies on his blood it's his blood that washes me it's his blood that cleanses me it's what covers me from now into eternity. How can, I, how can I partake of this? Talked about it a while ago. I just want you to understand. There's so much in this subject that I could, I could keep unpacking and keep unpacking. I'm going to try to wrap up here this morning. Next week we'll, we'll pick up. We're going to talk about not just the inward covering but the next bit I want to talk about the outward covering how does he how does he work in our lives inwardly and outwardly our God does he does he cares about you he cares about who we are today he cares about how you affect others but most of all he cares about how you affect his kingdom his blood was shed that you could be saved for eternity. 
How can I take part of that blood? How can I make sure it's covering my life? Last week I talked about how that God had commanded the children of Israel to make sure they covered that doorpost. And if it was me, when he said cover it, honey, I mean I'm covering that doorpost. I'm using every bit of that blood that came from that land that I'm about to eat. I'm using it all because I want to make sure there's no doubt this house is covered by the blood. Say, what does that all have to do with our salvation? It has everything to do with it. He's not looking for somebody that's going to give him some of themselves. He's looking for people that will give all of themselves to him. Every ounce of our being, everything that we deal with, everything that we, we come in contact with every day, God, here, I'm putting it in your hands. I want you to take me and change me and make me everything that you need me to be. I depend on the covering of Jesus today. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16, I'm skipping a lot of verses here. Ephesians 3, 16, the Bible says that he would grant you, according to the riches of glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love. See, so why is all of this important? Well, it's really simple, and I think Paul put it the best way in Philippians chapter 4. Very, very familiar passage of scripture. If you've not ever really spent any time in church, I promise you, you've probably heard this scripture before. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Where do I get my power from? It's really simple. Through the blood of Jesus. When he covers you, everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. How do I get there? Well, I'm glad you asked that question too. 1 John tells us, 1 and 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The apostle Peter, I didn't put this in there this morning, but he told him, he said, look, you've got to repent. That's what John's talking about. He said, confessing your sins. You don't have to come to a preacher and say, hey, this is what I've done. Not in the Bible. You're not going to find that in the scripture anyway. Now, accountability is in the Bible. But what you do need, you need to come find an altar. And you say, God, these are the things that I've done. I know these aren't right. And I'm asking you, will you forgive me? And I don't want to go back to them. And if you're sincere, God knows. All of that's between you and God. I can't be the judge. There will be a difference in your life if you meant what you said. God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. And I, I, want, I want you to understand this morning, I, and that is, when God fills you with the Holy Ghost, He wants you to know beyond the shadow of a doubt that you're filled with the Spirit. He does. In fact, John chapter 3, verse 8, says the wind blows where it listeth. Simply means where it wants to. You hear the sound of it, but you can't tell where it's coming from. You don't know where it's going. But there's one thing that's consistent about the Spirit and those that are, are believers. 
you hear the sound of it. When God fills you with the Holy Ghost, there will be evidence that he's, feel, he's come into your life. It's really simple. I, I, I worked with this young lady the other night. By the way, those of you uh, that, uh, I, I, I said this earlier, so I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be mean. So I, I just want you to know, you missed a good youth service Friday night. We had a young lady get the Holy Ghost, and uh, I think they talked about her being baptized this morning there in Olathe. Beautiful things. You never know what you're going to miss when you miss church. Amen. And I'm not putting anybody on a guilt trip, but I'm just letting you know you missed a good time. Amen. But today, you can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I know. I know we're not jumping and hooting and hollering right now. I know we don't have a bunch of people weeping and crying this morning. But God's tugging on somebody's heart today. God's working on spirits this morning. And maybe today isn't the day that he fills you with the Holy Ghost, but maybe today should be the first time that you ever come down to an altar and say, Here I am, God. I'm giving you my everything. I'm giving you my all today. I don't want to be the same that I used to be. Can we stand to our feet this morning? In fact, I invite you around this front this morning. Lamendez talked about the importance of the altar this morning. I, I, I invite you, why don't you come? Spend a little time praying here in this altar. Let God know, here I am, Jesus. Whatever it is that you want in my life, I want you to take it. I want you to make me, mold me into your image, Jesus. That's it. Let's talk to the Lord this morning. Let's talk to Jesus today. Lord, I need you. God, I want that covering the preacher was talking about this morning. Jesus, we love you today. Oh, there's no one like you, Savior. God, I'm asking that you would allow your spirit to have its way today. We need your anointing in this place. Oh, that's it. Let's talk to the Lord this morning. Let's talk to the Lord this morning. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we adore you in this house today.
Oh, come on, let's love the Lord. Let's thank you for his blood this morning. We magnify you, Jesus. You are excellent, God. Oh, you are excellent, Jesus. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I worship you today, Jesus. Washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb. Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Oh, are you washed in the blood? Oh, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb. Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Oh, are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? One more time, are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Oh, can we love him for it today? Can we thank him for his covering this morning? We magnify you, Jesus. You are excellent in this house today. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your goodness. You're worthy to be praised. You're worthy to be praised. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, that's it. Love him today. We exalt you today, Jesus. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Hallelujah, sweet Lamb of God. We praise you in this house. We praise you in this place. Thank you for your goodness. Praise God. Amen. I'm thankful for the covering of the blood of Jesus this morning. He's been awful good to me. Amen, amen. Praise God. Well, thank you for each and every one of you that have come this morning. Truly counted an honor to be able to have you this morning and to worship with you today. Amen. If we can have somebody come and receive our offering, Andrew Mateo. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Amen. Let's pray over the offering. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the covering of your blood. I pray that you would reach down. God, that you would continue to work in our hearts. Lord, bless this offering today. Bless the gift and the giver. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. As he receives the offering, just a couple of quick announcements. We have uh, not this coming weekend, but the next weekend, February, uh, March the 9th, uh, we have uh, a time of family bowling scheduled. Uh, we're planning to be there at 1130-ish. Um, um, if we can get there, that way it gives us enough time to have a good time but not have to be out too late that, that day. Uh, as we have service the next morning, Sunday school, and then youth service that following week is on the 15th in Smithville, Missouri. And if you or anybody else needs a ride to the, go to anything that we're doing, please let us know. 
We'll make sure that we get you there. We will make sure that we get you there. If you want to go, there's a way to get there. We'll just make it happen. All right? Amen. So that family night, family bowling, uh, we're going to go to main event in Olathe. We went to one bowling alley last year, and uh, it was a little bit different. So we're not going back to that bowling alley this year. Um, and so, no, we didn't. There was a lot of sugar and britches that day. <laughs> yeah, anyhow. Anyway, yeah, so we're, we're going to. We're going to go to main event. It's more family-oriented, and uh, I think we're going to have a great time. If the kids get bored with bowling, I'm sure we could let them play some arcades or whatever. But uh, um, they also have laser laser tag. And uh, if, if uh, you know anything about Adventures and Odyssey from Focus on the Family, my family, sometimes we look at each other and say, you know what you need? Laser tag. And so, yeah. So, no, we're not going paintballing. Not not that day, at least. Maybe one day we will. Uh, we, we did talk about going and doing, uh, what was that? What's that? Those little pellet things? Airsoft. We talked about doing an airsoft battle. And so, uh, anyway, we got every month, just so you guys know that, Maybe if you don't have access to our calendar, our church calendar, um, you do have access, by the way, um, a couple of ways. I can send you the, the calendar subscription that you can subscribe straight on your phone. I can help you with that if you have an Android. If you have an iPhone, I'll just send you the link. You should be able to just click it and go. Um, that's why everybody needs iPhones. Huh? My church, th this church, I think the only people in this church that have iPhones are my family. So, oh, you do. Air high five. No, I'm just um, Sister Rini has one now. Yes, I forgot you switched. Yes, ma'am, you did. <laughs> so anyway, um, if you want that subscription, I'll work with you. We'll make sure that happens. Um, but there is another way. If you go to our website. There is a members tab on our website. If you click that, and if you put your phone number in there and it sends you a code, you'll have access to all of our calendar. I haven't figured out how to put it straight on our website yet. So as soon as I do that, I'll get it on our website. Anybody can see it at any point in time. So, But what I'm saying all that is it's the second Saturday of every month. We have something planned um, from for, for our families uh, just for fellowship. No church service is just to get together and have a good time. And so, uh, like, on the 9th, we have family bowling. In March, in April, we have a women's day out that we're actually going to. So I don't know how you women are going to do it, but us guys were thinking about we'll just take the boys and we'll go do stuff. Um, so we, we were thinking about merging those. Um, so women, they'll go do their thing, and us guys will go do our thing on the same day. Um, and if that don't work out this time around, then it is what it is. Um, we'll, we'll make adjustments very quickly. Uh, yeah, why not? Um, in May, in May, we are planning to go to the zoo 
on on May 11th, and we're gonna go. We're gonna we're planning to be there at opening. You don't have to get there when all of us get there, but the bulk of us are planning to be there at opening and just go until until we can't. And if you until we drop, yeah, that's exactly right. So we had fun last year, and guess what? This year they have the aquarium open. I'm looking forward to that. That's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, and we actually had some people that don't normally come to church come with us that time. So um, I, I had a great time. So you, you're more than welcome to invite anybody that you want to come and be with us and hang out with us so that they know that we're not just a bunch of weirdos. I mean, we are, but. <laughs> I have no idea. You're a butterfly. <laughs> anyway, all right. There, are, there is the arboretum. If you wanted to go do that, um, it's just down the road. Yep. There's the arboretum. There's, there's all kinds of stuff here in Kansas City. Um, I, I heard that uh, Jared was telling me that uh, him and his wife, they, they've been exploring some of the different things in Kansas City. Yeah. Well. <laughs> so anyhow all right well i don't want to get too crazy right now you got appreciate each and every one of you we love you god bless y'all i hope you have a great week and uh we'll be back here wednesday night at seven thirty for service god bless y'all you're dismissed in jesus name